Hi friends, welcome back to another video slash episode of the James Red Podcast. Today I am having a conversation with a guy named Jeremy Cohen, who is a New York City photographer that lances freely according to his... Uh, Instagram description, pretty straightforward. He's also he also has an ongoing project called Today I Photographed, which we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about. I'm very interested in this, and uh, within this project, he he takes photos of people that he meets and shares something interesting about that person. And I, you know, I, I have a soft spot for this in my heart because I used to do a very similar thing, and I'm, I'm I'm excited to talk to him about this. And also, I'm a huge fan of the book Humans of New York. I don't know if if uh, you know you guys have ever heard of that, but uh, I will link to his things below. He's a very interesting creator. Thank you for taking the time. And how is your day going? Oh, my day! My day is going great. Good. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, it's a beautiful day in New York City. I ran a bunch of errands today on my bike and saw a couple friends. Read a book in a park. Played some basketball, and now I'm Google hanging out with you slash podcasting. Beautiful. This is this is, sounds like a proper New York City day to me, from everything I see online, at least. Yeah, it seems like a good way to go. Um, so, do you ride bicycle uh, bikes a lot? I do. It's actually so. I, I moved to New York, uh, eight coming up on eight years ago now in September. Uh, to, I, I moved here to go to college, and I've been here since. And when I first moved here, because I'm from. I'm from this. I'm I, I'm from Pennsylvania originally. It's nothing like uh, New York City. And when I first moved here, I wasn't truly happy until I got a bike. Mm. And once I started seeing the city via bike and just commuting, just getting to where I needed to go via bike, um, and riding over the Williamsburg Bridge, it just made me so much happier. And since then. I just, yeah, I love biking all the time. And my favorite thing to do when biking is just riding over specifically the Williamsburg Bridge. It's the best bridge to bike over. Like while you bike over, there's not a lot of people that ride it compared to, compared to the Brooklyn Bridge. And riding over it, it's just, it's this beautiful red bridge and the bike paths over it are great. And while you ride over it, you see a skyline view of the city and yeah, it makes me really happy. That's awesome, man. It seems like yeah. such uh, riding a bike seems like an uh, such an intimate way to interface with New York City. Yeah, and something I like about it is I can control my own destiny wh- where I where I need to be. Like if I tell, I take time very seriously. I don't like to be late to things because I don't know. I expect my time to be respected, and I like to respect other people's time because. Mm. We're all busy people. And sometimes if you take the subway, man, like you're going to be late. Like there'll be subway delays and it's one of the most frustrating things because it's out of your control. Yeah. Well, and also you're in, you, you know, you're in a, sub, especially if you're maybe an introverted type, you're in a subway with a bunch of other people and you're just like, I don't, I'm not supposed to be here right now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. I No, I had my first experience with the New York City subway when I visited the first time when I, I met you at the hustle and white event oh nice what'd you think of it it was it was interesting it was everything i thought it would be but it was also it was also it was everything but way more and i was very much intrigued by the architecture of all the stations and how they were a little bit different but they were all sort of old and had a a novelty to them it wasn't Mm -hmm. it it they're it's like they're a lot of them are quite dirty but it but it's like it's supposed to be this way this is new york city 
And that was really, I mean, it was an absolutely surreal experience. I think I'm sure that most New Yorkers get jaded to how interesting and amazing the New York City subway system is. It blew my mind. There was a guy that uh, he he got on the train and he started rapping to everyone in the train. And he dropped his rice on the floor, and everybody, and then he was he was uh, he was having trouble with his rice. I guess that's not the important part of the story, but he but he was just such an interesting character, and he was trying to get the the guy across from him to freestyle with him. And then the one the 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 uh, his friend was like, "He ain't got nothing for you, man." <laughs> wow, I would have been down to freestyle with it's, him. Yeah, yeah. This is like this is like. Yeah, quintessential New York moment right there. I'm glad you got to experience that because I was about to ask you, did you see like a, a, like something on the subway that you'd remember? So yeah. that sounds that sounds like you answered the question there. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, they didn't go at it sadly, but it was uh, it was a special experience. My the first person I met in the New York City subway, well, except for the police officer that I met when I was trying to go through the gate and my bag got stuck in the gate, <laughs> the little turnstile. Wow. <laughs> and she was like trying to help me get through this process of navigating the most complicated problem I've ever experienced in my life. And she was telling you got to back up and then go through the other gate. And, uh, and I, I got, she got a little bit forceful and I was like, oh yeah, New York city. Okay. This is good. And then the first person I met in a train was an Irish man who helps build buildings or something. But he had, he had a wonderful Irish accent. We had a lovely conversation. And then I realized it's not that New York... Because I was wondering how people, you know, uh, people are portrayed as sort of colder in New York City from everywhere else in the world. But it's not that. It's sort of this hardness, but at the same time, there's a friendliness that's like right underneath the hardness. You know what I mean? Totally. Would, would you say that's an accurate characterization? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well... Uh, so now that we explored the in- intricacies of the New York City subway system, <laughs> I'm curious, first off, how would you describe your creative pursuits? What are you up to on a daily basis? What takes up your time? So on a daily basis, uh, I don't have uh, much of a daily routine. It's kind of it's kind of different for me every day because as a freelance photographer, I'm not I'm working every day, but I'm not necessarily shooting every day. Um, whether I'm editing or working on my own projects or um, like today I kind of took the day off from photography. I didn't bring my camera with me because I have some shoots coming up, but uh, yeah, whether it's like, whether it's like post-processing or planning for a shoot or all the logistics before a shoot that happens, they say like, they say a photographer only actually takes photos 10% of the time. Sure. So there's a lot, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it. But, Especially uh, if you make money directly from the craft of photography, as opposed to being a photographer and then making YouTube videos about being a photographer, whatever. If you're actually free, freelancing in the photography world, I can imagine that is very, very true. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so you're so um, you're up to that side of things. What portion of today I photographed, which I want to talk about more too, takes up? your day how how does that work its way into your schedule right so as of recently it's actually changed a lot because i don't know i don't know if you know this but the project started out as my goal was to take one portrait every day once a day on the daily uh and inspired by people like honey and 
a couple of my photographer friends kind of like came up with this idea that I wanted to, I, I knew I loved portraiture and a lot of times I noticed that I would, I would just see people on the street that I wanted to photograph, but it was so easy to just like give myself an excuse to not photograph them. And is that because, is that because of a uh, uh, friction within yourself or anxiety? What, what was, what made up that, yeah, that friction for you? Yeah. I just think it's hard to, a lot of times it's just really difficult to approach a stranger and just have this intimate moment. Like taking a portrait of someone is a very intimate experience. Um, especially like the way I do it. Cause I like to really talk to people and open up with them and I'm willing to open up as much as they're willing to open up. And yeah, so I really wanted to do this, but I, I felt I needed to give the way I work is I needed to give myself an incentive, like a, a goal so that I could, I would kind of force myself to do it. Like I wouldn't have any excuses for myself because a type of so, like a structure that you would have to adhere to every day. Exactly. I need, I needed a structure mm-hmm. for this project. So that day I got the idea. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do one portrait a day. Like, okay, cool. And I'll force myself to do it. Yeah. I just need a start date. And then even though I didn't even have my, my best camera on me that day, I have like a little point shoot that I shoot with sometimes too. That was the only camera on me that day. And then I thought again and I was like, wait, I just need to start this today. I can't wait. I'm going to start it today. So that day, which was February of 2016, I believe. If you scroll down far enough, you'll find the first one. But that day, I took my first photo for it. Mm. And so for the next, I think I did 614 days in a row. So I took a portrait of someone 614 days in a row and shared a little story about them. What percentage of these people were strangers? Uh, I'd say probably about 90 to 93%. Okay. So you had the occasional <laughs> friend that was around you that day and you're like, yeah, Hey, so, I haven't taken a photo of you yet. So yeah. So sometimes it was like catching up with friends and I just happened to be spending the day with them. So I'd, I'd photograph them for that day. But then I felt like to myself, it kind of felt like a cop out at times because it felt almost too easy. And then also another problem with it with the project is sometimes I felt like I was really forcing the portraits. Like if I didn't get a portrait that, uh, that day and I would get nervous by the end of the night, I had to take a night portrait and it's kind of harder to, you know, interact with a stranger at night and get a portrait of them and have them share their story. It's just, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't let myself like give up. Uh, so, and that, and, and that wouldn't always be the best work either. I, I, I'd like to kind of take my time with it. So, Something about this project is I didn't realize it while I was doing it, but once I thought about it, this project consumed about on average two to three hours a day between sometimes I would just wait. I would, I would just look around like uh, wait on a corner of a street or wait in a park or just while walking around kind of have a hawk's eye looking for whoever caught my eye. Um, so that, that was the first step. And then the photographing process, which, you know, sometimes I had really short conversations. Sometimes I had very long conversations with people. And then I would only allow myself to pick one portrait mm. and the post-processing. And then what might have took the most time is writing the words to the captions to tell the story. Because that's something I struggle with the most that I also wanted to get better at with this project. To be able to piece together a short story about this person. Yeah. I could share. And uh, it's, I think it's important to clarify for everybody that 
you do something that's a little bit different than uh, maybe a, a Humans of New York, Brandon Stanton character, which is that you you don't necessarily list out the quote of what they have said. You share you share a story that presented itself to you in your words, mm-hmm. which I think is uh, people have done this before, but I think that you execute on it in a way that feels really nice that stood out to me. I'm not sure why it stands out to me just yet. I'm going to have to go back and look more. But uh, I think uh, I do think it also has to do with the fact that your photos are actually really solid portraits. They're not sort of... A lot of people want to sort of be a journalist and use their camera as the tool to get a photo of the person, whereas you took the, uh, you took the aesthetic side of your framing and composition very seriously and then, and then attached... A compelling story to it, which I think is is quite interesting. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I I I do. I have to like admit, like I put a lot of work into it, and honestly, I'm just really I I'm really proud of myself for like I'm really proud of this project and this work, and it and as a photographer that is a working photographer, it's my full time job, but it's also my passion. It's easy to lose your passion when you make when it's all work, so this project specifically like really holds up my love for photography. And that's something like that I hold really important to about this project, as well as the fact that I consider myself a people person and using the camera in this way. uh, It just like connects me with more people and helps me share people's story. And I like to think uh, a lot of people I photograph for this uh, has like that. It, it, it moves them in a little, like they, I, I think I like to think a lot of these people that I photograph, who I send the photos to as well, uh, you know, can make their day. Mm -hmm. It's not every day just someone wants to come up to them and take photos of them and share their story. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, I think people tend to focus, when they're thinking about taking on a project like this as a street photographer, uh, they tend to focus on the negative possible conclusion that can come from taking a photo of a stranger and completely forget about the the positive experiences that absolutely will come if you start to take on this project. You're gonna have you're gonna have some people who either might say no just because they're semi uncomfortable with what's going on. Normally, people aren't gonna punch you in the face as people tend to think that are, is gonna happen. Right. But you also, I think people people don't get to have conversation like deep meaningful conversations with another human being on a totally. daily basis like i think we all need and so what you're doing is a is a, a, a fantastic way to connect with the human spirit create a nice connection with somebody and make them feel flattered just by the fact that you took interest in them in the first place and I, and so what i try to talk about on here a lot is meaning trying to find a meaning for what you're up to and trying trying to fully think through what you're trying to do with your work uh, beyond just taking a pretty photo so that you can, because you, you like the art of photography. And so for you, and you've explained this a little bit, but I'm curious, what, what was your vision for this thing? Why were you, why did you decide to start going after this, especially as opposed to taking an easier route as a photographer? Why did you decide to start engaging with people and what, 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 what was the goal for you and for the person? For specifically for this Today I Photographed project? Correct, yes. Um, the reason I went after it uh, is, 
just because I, I, I knew my passion for photography was specifically in portraiture. Like I, I've taken landscapes, I've taken street photos. Uh, I've, I've, you know, I've tried a, a bunch of different types of photography, but for me, uh, just taking a portrait of someone else and getting to interact with a person and it's just like an experience, like no other genre of photography. So I knew, and I felt like uh, what all the work I was posting, like not a lot of it was portraits and I wanted to do, I think, I think anyone can take a good photo. Anyone could take a good portrait, but it's really what really can separate someone's work from someone else's is being able to make a project to have some sort of underlying meaning, some sort of, to, to link the string, the photos together to tell a story. So this was, this was the, I wasn't sure what to do for a little bit. Like I was super inspired by Honey and by a couple other photographers that did like projects, like documenting certain, certain, uh, groups of people. Um, and yeah, so this is, this is the idea that I came up with. And then for, I wasn't sure where I was going to go. It was definitely scary starting it. Uh, I was surprised how quickly, like I thought, I thought of the name pretty quickly and then I was super surprised that it was available on Instagram. <laughs> so, so that was, that was, uh, that was one of the main reasons I knew it. I had to do it. Cause once the name was available on Instagram, I'm like, Oh man, this is like meant to be like how yeah. it's like, it's like 2016. Like every single Instagram name has to be taken, but like something like today I photographed wasn't taken and that's pretty, you know, mm. I, I, I'm surprised no one took that. <laughs> it's an incredibly solid name. It explains everything yeah. about what you're trying to do and, and yeah. three words that and, are stuck together. Exactly. And the way it's set up, I don't know if you noticed, but so so it's called Today I Photographed. And the way I set up all the captions, it's like, Today I Photographed, and then I say their name. Oh, right, so, right. I saw that. Yeah, it's very clever. So it's like, it all works as one. Yeah, and then it's, I, it's, and it's then name, I write the story. space, and then story. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. So... What would you say to somebody who is who is wanting to do something similar to this, but they don't really know how to start, and maybe social anxiety plays a huge role in that? Like, what, what have you learned from that, and maybe dig deep into yourself and figure out what were the struggles in that moment for you, and how how are you sort of able able to get totally. through that? Totally. So, first of all, everyone works differently. Everyone is interested in different things. So, I would say, you know. First step, the most important step is find what you enjoy, because if you don't like what you're shooting, or if you don't like, if you don't like your work or like the subject matter you're shooting, why would anyone else like it? You know. Sure. So once once I found that I love taking portraits and I was really passionate about it, and if if I felt that way about it, it's so much easier for other people to like that that for that to come through in the work. So I'd say. To any like photographer artist like once you find something that you enjoy like go for it like try out try out different different projects with that underlying theme or you know just try a bunch of, or even if you don't know what you want to do yet try a bunch of things like to to succeed you have to fail first so uh i've done a couple projects before that weren't necessarily great but it brought me to this project which i didn't even know 
who to succeed. And it's still like, you know, it's, it's, I mean, what is success even? Like I, I consider it successful in the sense that like people like you are asking me about this project. P- other people I know are attracted to this project as well as I'm still into it. So in that sense, like it's successful so far, but I'm also still like, I have other project ideas. Like I'm getting inspired from this project to maybe do other projects. So it's also in a sense, like a, uh, snowball effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so when, when you're, uh, so once you sort of decide and you decide that you want to include a human element and that involves you engaging with people and it makes you really scared inside, uh, <laughs> how, uh, how have you overcome that for yourself? Yeah. So doing this project at first was, first was totally out of my comfort zone, uh, which is weird now because nowadays it's turned into like, I could go up to any stranger and ask to photograph them. That's where and people want to be. And, and right. I think it's hard. So, for, it's hard for me personally. It's, it's Yeah. It's baby steps, man. Like uh, I, at first I was super nervous and it wasn't until I gave, like, this is just the way I work. Once I gave myself this incentive, I knew I had to do it. Cause I, 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 I promised myself this mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that I was going to do one portrait a day. So, you know, in my mind, I was like, okay, it's, it was, yeah, it was almost like asking someone out on a date. Almost, It's like that intimate of an experience. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's like so, doing that over and over every day. That's a fantastic way to explain it. Yeah. And on top of that, like it's made me grow not only as a photographer, but as a person in the sense that I can approach strangers, whether it's like someone I'm interested in or someone business related that I want to talk to that I'm a little nervous. Like now I just, I'm in the mindset. I'd say I credit it to this project that just go for it. Like don't miss, you know don't miss any opportunities, like shoot my shot. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and I think that's an important thing to do. Cause you know, yeah. What's the saying you make 0% of the shots you don't take. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think that you uh, take those shots, shoot those three pointers, shoot those half court shots, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> shoot them all, <laughs> all of them. You could uh, win a free car, free car at halftime at the Utah jazz game. That's it. You, you have to put yourself in that mindset, metaphorically speaking. And then when you get it, when, when you get the, the shot, you, you're in a city environment, go steal someone's car. I think this is what you're advocating for, right? Go yeah. steal someone's car and, uh, you know, pick a nice one because you, you should be really proud of yourself. I think, I think that, you know, we could stop there, honestly. I'm at the- <laughs> uh, so I, another thing I'm very curious about is how what have you learned about connecting with people when you're having these conversations? How do you get people to talk to you about things that are meaningful to in their lives? So I'm not totally sure. I, I don't know if this is a teachable thing or if it's just because of my personality, if it's like one of my skills, but I, I definitely got this from my mother growing up. Uh, I was super embarrassed by my mom because she is the type of person that would go up to anyone and start up a conversation or give them a compliment. And looking, I remember just being so embarrassed by that. But now I'm super grateful for it because I I became my mom in a lot of ways. And I found that I'm a lot like her in that way. I, I have this, I have this skill that, you know, I, I could go up to people and I could just have a conversation. Yeah. Well, it's and, something that's like built into you from childhood. So it's deeply yeah. integrated into so, your being. Right. So 
which I which I have learned now. But uh, I'm not sure if it's the type of person you are to do this type of thing, or if it's a teachable thing. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Um, but yeah. I forgot. I forgot where your question was. No, was... you're good. You're good. Uh, you're. Good. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with it, man. So, uh, I was doing one, and I, uh, I was like, I had to look over at my notes. I was like, what the heck did I write down? <laughs> and I've learned to embrace the lack of a thought. <laughs> yeah. And when you do that, it helps you remember the thought because you don't go into this panic mode when you lose the thought. Uh, but but yeah, that's a that's a fun thing to overcome too. But. Uh, I forgot my question. Oh, when, so, well, so you, you really answered the question well, which was, I, I was asking how you bring things out of people. Okay. And. Okay. So I have a better answer to that actually. Okay. Go ahead. So I, so Two I found, answers. I like it. Yeah. So I found, you know, so one of the most surprising things about this project as I photographed it over time is that people open up to me. And I think a lot of it is because. I, you know, I'm genuine, I'm, I'm genuine. I think that it comes off that I'm genuine about this. I'm genuinely interested in their story uh, and interested in sharing it. And I approach them for a reason. And I think a lot of people are surprised that even they want to, they open up so much. Because mm. uh, I, when I, when I talk to people, I, you know, no distractions. I'm not looking at my phone at all. I'm, I'm listening or I'm speaking to them. It's a very intimate experience with a stranger, with a complete stranger. Do, do you feel that <laughs> you're very present with them? I'm very present. Yeah. Um, and they're very present with me for most of the time. And, you know, they open up and then from the, if they open up a little bit, I also open up and can relate to them maybe. And from there, like we could both just open up. And then at the end of the conversation, it's like, wow. Uh, so, so you, uh, and I'll tell you why I think you probably do well. You ready for this? Uh, I think you have you from just talking to you now and from when we first met you as well. I, I think you have a very warm, inviting personality. And I think that you you also seem like you're not a, a judgmental person, which a lot, a lot of people come off that way, even if they don't try to. And so you're, you're definitely not that. I assume you smile at people, which is a good start. And <laughs> see, he's doing it now. Uh, and, and it's funny. I, I say... I have my, when you mentioned your mom, I have my own version of this. Uh, my mom smiles at everyone impulsively. And even if, you know, she doesn't speak to them, if she's passing them on the street, she'll, she looks at them in the eye. She can't not smile at them. I got that from her. And I, it's uncomfortable for me to not smile at somebody if I look at them. Yeah. And you... I think, and so when I go to city places, I'm living in the, you know, city world more now. When I do that, I've learned that people people either just don't respond to it or they think you're a lunatic, right? Uh, or who knows what they're thinking, but it's just like poof, nothing, right? And where I'm from, you sort of smile at everybody. It's, you know, you connect with people in that way. And uh, I refuse to believe that that is something that should be gotten rid of if you're in a place where people don't smile back at you. That is a, that's a beautiful tool for if you're doing anything that involves connecting to people they might think you're strange but it has its utility for every person that you meet and i'm sure that you probably do a very similar you use uh, a very similar set of tools with what you're up to yeah i do this as well i love i mean yeah i love sharing a simple smile with people it's such a beautiful way to connect and interaction um as well as 
something I do while I coming back to biking or running. I'm also a runner. Uh, if, mostly when I go across the bridge, when it's like another runner or biker, I just hold out my. Sometimes I'm just super pumped up, like stoked on life, and I just hold out my hand to a stranger, and we just high five, like we're all passing each other. And you know, it's a similar experience. Like people are very surprised that some dude is just like putting out his hand for a high five, but then they just do it too. And I see like in like the one second that the the millisecond that they pass as we both high five, they just like a very organic like natural smile just like what the fuck just happened (laughs) (laughs) why did that happen (laughs) i love it yeah i feel like you're gonna so it's like you'll have half the people that either will not do it at all and they think they think you're a weirdo or afterwards they feel bad because they were having a bad day and they didn't respond to your high five or you have the people that do it and maybe they were having a horrible day right and you made their day just a little bit better. And we can't underestimate the value of those those tiny interactions with people. That's what, that's what I like to think. You never know how someone's day is going. And, you know, you never know how much just a small moment of someone noticing you or someone just sharing, like, whether it's a smile or a high five, like, it could go such a long way and you have no idea. So that's why, you know, we're all humans. We all have emotions, like, just a simple stranger doing an act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can go a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like I, I've been affected by it personally. Mm-hmm. So, and I, 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 I felt a certain way when someone's just been uh, kind, just a small act of kindness, and it. Uh, so, yeah, I like to pay it forward as much yeah. as I can. Yeah, it's, it, that's something that takes. You know, the thing we like as humans is when somebody takes the time to do anything for us in a world where people are trying to get around really quick. Yeah. They have a lot of things to do and and things revolve around trying to, uh, things are sort of commoditized and I'm I'm not against, I, I, I think capitalism is one of the most wonderful forces in the world, uh, but it does have its side effects where uh, where you feel like if someone is interacting with you, you always have to wonder, why are they interacting with me? And the way to override some of that, I think, is to do something that is kind and that you did not have to do. That is always so valuable. It never gets old. Okay, we're, get, we're getting into some, some lovely philosophical stuff here. Huh? <laughs> this is great. Uh, how far are we? Oh, 30 minutes. Great. Okay. So, uh... I'm curious also, what is a, what's a personal challenge within the realm of today I photographed that you felt like you had to overcome maybe other than the stuff we've already been speaking about? Personal challenge. I'd say the, the biggest challenge was after the 600, like after a certain point, I felt like the project needed to change. Like it wasn't growing from doing it every day, not growing in like, I'm not talking about like, like, followers or anything just growing like as a project like as a body of work i felt like it was just kind of stagnant it wasn't getting more interesting or better it needed a little bit of change and i was kind of i felt burnt out from doing it every day like like i said before it took like three like pretty much three hours a day between all the different things i was doing and it was really hard to do it on certain days if i was working all day or if i was in an airplane you know like I was getting burnt out from it and I was ready to move on. But at the same time, like I wanted to hit like a thousand or something. I wanted, I, 
my original goal was a year and I passed a year, but I felt at that point, I was like, Oh, I, I still want to do more. I didn't want to stop there. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until like the random day of 614th day when I decided it was really hard for me to decide to not do it. Like the next day I didn't take a portrait and it was a really strange experience. I felt like I felt like I was letting myself down a little bit, but I told my, you know, it was fine. So, and my decision was, at that time, I took a break. I wasn't sure where I was going to go. I just knew I needed to stop and not do it every day. But now what I do with the project is I don't do it every day, but I do a higher production. I do higher production posts. Mm-hmm. So now in the sense that now I utilize the carousel feature in Instagram and I do photo sets of the people I photograph as well as very short like video interviews like raw iphone style oh just so okay just so you scroll through it so you could see not only do you see the caption of the story that i share about them but you, you also see them tell a blip of their life via video so you could i think it's interesting to i like to think that people would think it was interesting too that you could like see these people uh talk about their story Dude, that's I mean, that's proper on top of the portraits. That's proper everyday journalism, which I think we need more of. That's fantastic. Yeah, and also I like to keep the stories like you know, there's so much negative. There's so much like negative news now, as we all know. Um, and yeah, I just I like to share the positive side of things because there's so much there's so much great stuff happening too, and we have to highlight that more. And I I truly believe there's you know there's people so many people are just all so many every every person has a story to share yeah yeah yeah. and i want to help share their stories i I think we've gone further and further into a world of uh what's the word we're we try to we try to make things so digestible especially online that we don't we're losing human connection and i think that this is why this is just a theory, but I think that this is why, for example, podcasting is having sort of a weird resurgence uh, where people are having these long form open conversations and people are really responding to that. It never really went away because it's something that is, I think, fundamentally attractive to us as humans. But I think I feel like maybe we as we as creators and especially on YouTube, like went into this place of everything being so tight and so digestible you know, and just think of a, I mean, the the most extreme version of this is a Logan Paul vlog, for example, right? And it's like society said, we got to come back from that a little bit. And so now you have these three hour long conversations that, you know, about life with somebody and it's beautiful. And I think that we always, we, we should always try to pursue a balance of that and the stuff that we're trying to create. And I think what you're doing is a version of that where you're, 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 you're trying to find People talk to them, share a story in a way that is um, human and connectable, but also very positive. So good very, job. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and I like to I like to keep it, you know, genuine too. So there, I like actually not all the stories are positive, but I think the most important factor that is that they're real, they're genuine. Maybe sharing their story could help someone else, like share, like relate to them and. Sh- be able to share their story with someone yeah yeah or maybe maybe just feel a little bit better in their skin that day yeah like yeah there's all sorts of stories like most of them are positive but all of them are real yeah 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, I want to now shift over to your trip to Nepal because cool. I watched a video on your YouTube channel and I watched the entire thing. It was very entertaining and very enjoyable. And, Thank you. Uh, and I and I think you have like what two videos on there, but that but that that I, that was one of them, and it was uh, <laughs> really so. For one, your editing was a lot of fun because you throw in these random little text snippets of something that was happening that you didn't mention in the video. That was exciting. But, <laughs> uh, but that, anyway, the edit was really nice. It was fun to watch and it felt like a sort of a documentary travel type thing. Uh, but you, so the first thing I thought that was going to happen because any video that involves Nepal and you making your way into the mountains, I assumed you were going to probably climb Everest. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> You you have to assume that and be safe, uh, or at least go to base camp, say hello to the people, bring them some brownies or something, and then <laughs> come back. Uh, sure. But you you right, you wandered you you wandered out into the the uh, less populated parts of Nepal, and and then came back and hung out with some some children and uh, just told a really nice, fun, warm story that I think is seems to be somewhat in line with what you are up to with today I photographed in in a sense but so first off what was the meaning of that trip why did you go so my friend from college Victoria uh one night like a month before the trip she reached out to me she's like she just she just asked she texted me for first we haven't talked in like a year or something and she texts her. She's like, "Hey, you want to come to Nepal?" Because she actually uh, normal normal first... Friday night question. <laughs> yeah. So she uh, she has a Nepali sister that was adopted in, in her family. So she her family holds Nepal close. They hold Nepal close to their family. Uh, and ever since the earthquake that happened there a couple years ago, um, her fam- her and her mom felt like they wanted to do something to help Nepal. So they started a NGO called NAFA and NAFA nourishes, which they help. uh, There's a lot of malnourishment among people, specifically children there. So they, their, their mission is to help children in children's homes there. Okay. In in Kathmandu specifically. So she, she asked me if I wanted to come help, uh, and help and help document uh their journey okay so i was like yeah this sounds awesome so i went out there and met up with her and the first first uh week we were there we trekked in the himalayas uh which looked beautiful by the way Oh my god, dude! It was it was unreal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, actually, live, I live in Utah, and the mountains are pretty ridiculous around here. But I, but I feel like the Himalayas and the stuff that I was seeing your your videos were above and beyond. I mean, it looked absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and I feel like the cameras didn't even do it justice. Like you can't even can't even foot like you just have to be there in real life to really see how mountainous mountainous the mountains are mountainous mountainous <laughs> mountainous the mountains are uh-huh. uh mount mount mountainable mount mountainable yeah. yeah but i was yeah where we slept i was literally surrounded by the mountain ranges so wow. 360 but yeah so we did that for seven days which was a lot of work like with all because we had to carry all our stuff on us and uh up and down the mountain i think i tracked it i think it we did like almost 40 miles total i think wow okay 
can't remember exactly, but uh, which was, I think, the most trekking I've ever done. So that was the first week. And then the second week, we went around uh, with, I went around with Victoria and other nurses that work with NAFA. And we did, uh, we did programs with the children to teach them like basic sanitary, uh, uh, basic sanitary uh, things such as like how to wash your hands or how to brush your teeth. Because a lot of kids, they never really learn there. The education system is a lot different, as you can imagine, from America. So, yeah, we just taught like basic sanitation needs as well as just did fun activities and games with the kids mm-hmm. and also uh, brought in supplies of this stuff called plumpy stuff which helps with the malnourishment of the kids mm-hmm. so okay uh, yeah overall the overall was an incredible experience like got to see the mountains got to help other people got to take photos got to see new things um i can imagine i one of the funnier parts of the video is when you were you were uh, they were they were teaching the kids how to brush their teeth and it was yeah. like, how much, how much toothpaste should you put on a toothbrush? <laughs> and they had a picture of a pea and a picture of a, a potato, I think. Yeah. And they were like, uh, how much toothpaste should you put on your toothbrush? Potato? And then she That was a lot of fun. Uh, but, okay, so I'm curious how you felt like you grew from that experience. How has it influenced you? Um, I'd say, I mean, it just made me grow as just seeing another part of the world that I'm just totally unfamiliar with and just seeing how it, it just helped, helped me realize that we're all this, we're all the same, but we just are all in different situations. Mm. Uh, and you know, I, I was there and I helped out in my way I can like just even just interacting with the, I, I love kids by the way. So just like being able to just like hang out, like play basketball, uh, even though a lot of them didn't, we didn't speak the same language. It was amazing to like still be connected through something like whether we were like playing a game or just like sharing a smile. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing. I've, I visited Haiti before and it's amazing, uh, especially with kids. It's amazing how little a language barrier means when you start to build relationships with people. It's it's so interesting. You start to experience humanity in a different way when you engage with people that don't that that know they don't understand anything about what you're saying. Right. But you so you have to find these other ways to connect with them and it makes you more present and you're like, "Okay, let me go pick up this rock and then show that, you know, or or whatever." It Yeah. It's it's amazing how little that can mean to a human connection. It's absolutely beautiful, and I think that your mind, when it when you put yourself in these environments, your mind opens up in ways that you just absolutely would never anticipate. Yeah, and I think it's it's really important and refreshing to just like see things that you're not used to. Just like it's nothing like New York, like what I saw there and what I experienced there, and the people there, uh, and it just like puts things into perspective. Mm-hmm. it helps you understand other situations more mm-hmm. so i think more so like it helped me grew like more so as a person than as like a creator I, that whole experience did you uh yeah. did you capture anything there that you felt really good about um i did a couple today of photographs and then yeah i made so i 
you know, one of, one of my challenges this year, the goals I set for myself is to make more videos because mm-hmm. I'm mostly a photo guy. Uh, so yeah, I went out there with the intention to document it via documentary or vlog. I'm not really sure how to coin it. Um, but yeah, I started my YouTube channel this year. So and I have two videos so far and that's one of them. And yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of the way I documented that. Although it's so much more work. It's a totally different animal to edit video more oh, so or shoot video more than photos. I, I found that I struggled a lot with not knowing whether to take a photo in a moment, take a video in a moment or be present mm-hmm. in a moment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that part was definitely hard, but in retrospect, I'm glad that I focused mostly on video while I was there and being present. And then photo came, photo came last, but yeah, that, that, that's definitely a skill. Just like knowing how to split your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last, this trip that I just came back from, uh, in Europe a couple of days ago, I got back, uh, and I specific, I decided to not, even though I want to make more videos, I decided not to make a video just because I just wanted, I, I was just, feel, I just wanted to be more present for this trip. Mm-hmm. So I snapped some photos here and there, and then I just met a bunch of people and enjoyed mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then also did a couple of today I photographs. So that was the main thing I did out there. Gotcha. Yeah. So, oh, it's, I mean, you go to another city, especially as somebody who likes to photograph people, you go to another city and it's really hard not to take advantage of that city, especially if you've never been there before. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But so two things about what you said. So one, uh, you were talking about the struggle of filming and photographing and when to do one or the other and how to balance that. I've learned that for me, because I do both of those things all the time, I've learned that the best game plan is to is to create a strong division between one craft and another and say, okay, I'm going to do this now, I'm going to do that later. I'll capture some of, uh, I'll capture, you know, if you go to some sort of event that you'd like to photograph and or video, maybe you're a potato enthusiast and you're going to a <laughs> potato enthusiast event and you want to film and photograph. Okay. Maybe, maybe, you know, and it won't be perfect, but photograph half of the thing and then film half of the thing and maybe find the parts that will be more conducive to film and do that for the filming bit. I've learned because I because you can get so overwhelmed because it's 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 two different crafts trying to compete with each other and and if you let it you'll you'll see something and go oh that would be such a great photo and then you you get so scrambled that you don't really do anything meaningful because you need to kind of you need to kind of center yourself yeah uh, so that's a good plan. I'm not saying that's the only plan, but that's been a no, good yeah, plan. No, that's how you that's how you work totally. Yeah. No, that's yeah. yeah. It's just it's a it's been a super solid plan for me um but also it's funny that you said that because i came i came in my journey of creativity i came at that from the reverse angle so i started out making videos like in sixth grade Uh, that was when i started my video editing and creation journey and telling stories through video the, the video form which i've always enjoyed and specifically uh in the documentary realm i when i was growing up i would watch documentaries all the time nice i just have like national geographic on the tv while i was you know i'm like seven years old in my underwear but (laughs) maybe maybe not that young anyway so (laughs) so uh where was i at i was uh see it happened it happened you can't panic (laughs) pull it together uh it's all good what was i saying 
there was there was a potato yeah. festival and then oh yeah so i i started out as a filmmaker and i decided i want to be able to create more and have less friction to creation and thus i found photography and i learned that photography is this thing where where it takes a you know it could take a week to make a a video it takes a day to create a photo and share that with somebody and so it's it's a much more accessible route to um create but the problem is is you have a hard time achieving depth with what you're doing uh, in photography it's not obviously it's not impossible and i think you've done a fantastic job at at uh, making that point but with film you can achieve like i just watched lord of the rings last night i haven't seen lord of the rings in so long i've never watched it you know oh my gosh i need to watch it i remembered last night how beautiful and you know last time i watched it i was a kid and you know when you watch a movie when you're older you get a lot of things that you didn't quite understand before i watched oh, it last night and from, from wait, the, the trilogy the whole thing not the whole thing Although oh. that is something that I that I feel like me and my cousin would have done in our childhood, and I, I think we probably did that a couple times. But uh, but just the first one because that was the only one that was on Netflix, which is really problematic. Because I need oh to that's on Netflix. Yeah, the first one is. Oh wow! Okay, I need to watch it. That's all you. Go for it. Oh. <laughs> um, but I, I but I watched it and just the the everything about the way the film was crafted, like I was like, man, they don't make movies like this anymore. It was really special. And I'm sure people, you know, uh, feel that way when they watch a movie from the 50s. That's an iconic movie. But, right. But, uh, but the journey that I went on as a viewer was so so deep and interesting. And it's like a fictional story about some, you know, some wizards and like a cave troll and some some ugly people who who uh, turned in. They used to be humans, but they turned into demons. Whatever. So, so I, so you have this fictional story that's really interesting aesthetically, but then underneath that is this deep, meaningful uh, story about growth as a human and a deep philosophy about things. And I really connected with that, and it was it was a, a beautiful experience for me <laughs> watching Lord of the Rings. Now, it's harder to you can't pull that off in the same way in photography you can pull that off but it's a different form of pulling that off and so film has its own version of that that is that is unique and special and uh and that that's what i always love about film and that's why it's always worth it to put in the time to piece together a story in video form but i love how both of those art forms can have their their place in a special way and that every art form is by definition has the ability to influence people and society and uh and so what i want what i want to do is help people try to figure out a way to do that in the most meaningful way they can and and think about it that way because i think a lot of artists i think a, a lot of artists when they're starting especially and uh, throughout their journey get get very focused on one gear and two uh, pretty things. And that to me ha can tend to have a shelf life and people will tend to feel unfulfilled uh, by that. And so for some people, maybe 
maybe you can find meaning in focusing on gear. And there are plenty of YouTube channels that do this well. There's nothing wrong with focusing on gear, obviously. But I love, I love, I, I've been in my own journey of trying to center myself and align myself more and more with, with meaning every day. And so that's part of why I love these conversations is because when we talk about this, it inspires one other person to maybe think a little bit more about what they're trying to create and, uh, and, and, you know, pursue something that's, that's more deep and powerful for them in their lives. So, okay. I'm with, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Like I want to make work, work that has substance that has meaning. Uh, I'm not as interested in putting in an effort to like, like there's photographers that take like beautiful photos of, of places and, and things that, you know, that might just, it just doesn't really have anything behind it. It has a shelf life, I'd say just, uh, and I mean, when I take those photos, I, I feel like it has a shelf life. Like it, I, it doesn't mean as much to me as taking a portrait and being able to share the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that there are uh, certain people that just, that when you reach a certain part in your maturity as a human, you start to realize, okay, I got, I got a few years on this earth and what am I going to try to do with that? You know, I'm, I, I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not, not saying landscapes aren't important or anything. Just I'm talking about for me, it wasn't, it, it didn't feel important when I was taking them. Right. Ab- absolutely. I, 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 100% I used to do a lot of that. Yeah. For, for a lot of people, you know, taking photos of a landscape is, is uh, an experience that really means something to them. And maybe their only meaning is, Go is leaving their house and the struggles of life and going out in <laughs> nature and finding some peace there and then capturing that and sharing a little bit of that peace right. with other people, right? Also, a lot of it is like being able to get there and like hustling to get at that spot and going there a bunch of times until you find the right photo to take. It's, yeah, yeah, the challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. There's value to just to, to just doing something that has no uh, output meaning, but has a growth meaning within you as a human being. Yeah. Trying to do better. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, the, the last thing I was curious about is if we look at your your desire as a creator from a from a, an overarching level, if you are in Earth and we're we are ISS looking down upon your creative <laughs> you like aliens <laughs> basically <ISS>. basically <laughs> uh yeah what do you want to say to aliens jerry <laughs> <laughs> abduct me i want to see what's up there oh yeah <laughs> oh dude you could do a today i photographed with On an alien oh with, yeah. yeah with a, yes. an alien from neptune i would totally get starstruck from et oh my gosh yeah i bet like oh, actually yeah. starstruck like in the stars <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> both metaphorically and physically. You have to be very careful yeah. up there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where were we at? No, wait. I didn't answer that question, though. So you were asking me. Sorry. No, well, I, the I, question I, didn't finish. I was going on a convoluted I, metaphor. Okay. But, uh, if you're looking at your creative, uh, what you're creating in your life from a 30,000 foot level, what do you hope people take away from what you create? I hope that, you know, I hope certain people read these stories that other people want to share and I hope it'll help them open up about their own story, whether it's to like someone 
that they love, someone close to them, or as well as I hope certain artists will get inspired to, you know, make work with strangers. Because mm. mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think a lot of photographers starting out will only photograph their friends because it's only it's the only thing they're really comfortable with. But yeah, like that that work can get pretty bland in my opinion, because it's like, you only have, I don't know. I, I just know, yeah, I, I was guilty of it when I started out as a photographer. It's just easy to photograph your friends, right? Yeah. So, well, it's, it's um, like, it's, I think, you can, you can, uh, it's sort of a comfort zone issue. I, exactly. Because yeah. you can, if you do this thing where you take photos of your friends and you don't push your, you don't pursue the challenge uh, that is outside of that bubble, what you run the risk of doing is is just pursuing pleasure and comfort, which is a completely different it's it's a completely different thing than the fulfillment that can come from overcoming a tremendous challenge and something that you know deep down that you want to do and something that uh, that re- that really becomes more meaningful in the end than what you would be doing with your friends. Right. So. Interesting. And I think another value to these torps, uh, torps, that's an interesting word. I should look that up after this. <laughs> torps, torps. Uh, <laughs> what was I saying now? I lost it because I was saying torps. This is when I drink water to remember my thought. <laughs> let me interrupt you for a sec. I just want to compliment you on your background. Oh, uh, your your head is framed perfectly between your picture frames on your wall. It's an it's it's visually just like, like yeah, look at that right now. It, it's just my eyes go straight to your face, dude. Your kindness <laughs> overwhelms me. <laughs> See, I think about these things. And... I'm just is it yeah. So my question to you is that on purpose or did that just did it, are you just happening to fall in this amazing composition during this people <laughs> hanging out? Well, see, okay, so mostly I'm focusing on the entire composition. I think that came out of happenstance. I don't know how conscious it was. Yeah, because look at me. My my picture frame's merging into my head. It's not oh, as... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which seems painful. Oh, yeah. Ow. <laughs> and you're blocking your lovely pink hat in the background. Yeah, now I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it's okay. It's authentic. It's it's real. Exactly. You know, exactly. it's organic. Mine's just contrived and made up. <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate that. I think about yeah, yeah, yeah. my composition very seriously. Cool. Um, okay. Well, I I don't know what the heck I was saying before that. So I think now is a good time uh, to wrap up. And I I want to thank you once again for taking the time to hang out and have a conversation. And I will put the links below to um, everything that he's up to. And I would love to hear you guys' thoughts about our conversation. Uh, especially the part about the aliens. And I hope you guys have a lovely day. Thank you for watching and listening. Goodbye. Yes. Thank you for having me, James. You bet, man. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye.